Hey, this is Daryl Strawberry, and you listen to the Daniel Baldwin Show. What can I say about my brother Daniel that hasn't already been said dozens of times in police reports? Jim Kelly, you're listening to Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Yeah. <laughs> We're back. Another day. Another dollar. Welcome to the big show. Josh, Josh, what do you got? I did have my clipboard until Seth walked out with it, so I guess I got <laughs> nothing. Seth grabbed it? <laughs> Seth snagged your clipboard. I think he... Oh, there it is. Oh, sorry. Oh, he just I'm moved sorry. it out of his way. He, I think he did that. Screw you. <sighs> what is going on? Wow. We are, uh, of course, live... Up on Facebook. The fact uh, you don't know the phone number by now is pretty embarrassing. How many times have you had to say the phone number? 4 ESPN 44. That is 4 ESPN 44. And I had to say a lot of phone numbers throughout the day, so I I don't want to get them mixed up. I accidentally gave out the other station's phone number last, like a week ago. And they finally got some calls? Oh! (laughs) How dare you. (laughs) 2880644 is the text line. So so I'm listening to this uh, um, Seth Goldberg update as we go in. The Jim Beheim show at Shaughnessy's. Take me through that, Polly. Will you? What, what, what exactly is that? I got I got to bet a million dollars. Beheim apes doing it. I got to well, bet he I'm, hates doing I it. I am not going to speak for a man, <laughs> uh, but it's basically him answering questions I that he probably it. does not want to answer. Totally. Is this part of his his deal with uh, with the university? Or I, 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 wanna... I, I think so. Oh, I know, Jim. I know he's, it's painful to watch his face. He it's got to be painful. Yeah, God, yeah. Yeah, whatever. But he gets to do it with Gomez he's, from TK, who he likes hanging out with. Like a couple of old it. guys. He's, Gomez? Yeah, he does, yeah, he does the uh, show on TK, too, immediately after. So he does two hours. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. But I've been doing it 19 years, and his facial expression has not changed. i got to go down there as a member of the press and, and hammer him. You'll see, he's kind of leaned back in his chair. He's got his headset on. He's barely he watch, audible. He watches the basketball game that's on the TV. Yeah, while the so, show's going on. So we had a meeting uh, um, with the power. Some of the powers would be the great one was not there. The great Ed Levine, but he sent in some of his hitmen, and um, Josh and I were in there. So we're thinking about adding this segment with a kid, Sam from the Orange Nation. He's a Syracuse University. Uh, it's a beat stu- reporter, yeah. Student. He's for, a beat yeah, reporter. Travels with the team, yeah, from Daily so, Orange. And, and, and I did. I stuck up for Pauly by saying, by saying, listen, I, I, I don't think we can make these decisions about what to do exactly on the show without our producer, our leader. So there you have it. You don't, don't say thank you right no, now. No, he you. did. He very stuck Deuce. up Thank you. But if we're going to start talking. Can I breathe for a second to say Deuce. thank you? <laughs> no, spit it out. <laughs> thank you so, for everything you've it. done for my career. <laughs> so, so yeah, exactly. You've made my life so easy. You've bolstered it. <laughs> Just give me that Prius so I get better gas mileage when I drive to Florida State games. Mm-hmm. Knucklehead. So, uh, so. I, we do have mailbag too stuff, but SU stuff when you want to get to that as well. Well, no, what, but, but there's a couple of things I think they're going to be interesting by adding this kid in. And why I thought, like, for instance, I said to him, I prepped him on a couple of things. I go, no, you're going on today. I go, if I'm doing your thing, you're coming on today. So he was, okay, well, I got to ask you. I want to know what you think. If you've been following the team that closely and you've been working as a what happened with Geno Thorpe? Don't try to get me come in my studio and get me to believe mm-hmm. that, like, oh, I wasn't getting playing time and I left. Mm-hmm. That's BS. I go, something happened. Do you have the, he's like, 
I can, he's, so he's going to come in and give us some stuff to talk about, some stuff to chew on. I don't know on. if he'll give us the dirt, but he did react when you said that. You said, you see you, the reaction? I go, what do you know about you? Go, you said, what do you know about June Thorpe? He goes, oh, wow. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. She's pregnant. But anyway, oh, wow. <laughs> nice. So, so there's something there's something going on there. So we're going to get an interesting perspective from a student standpoint and a beat reporter who has some experience, with, uh, particularly with the basketball team, but with uh, general knowledge and, and experience with Syracuse Athletics. Uh, he's a uh, uh, he's a senior at school, so he's been mm-hmm. he had a pretty good resume of stuff he's done on campus and on radio up in Boston. I believe he his said. resume is better than mine, so yes. really, he, can, <laughs> <laughs> he deserves to come on right I've in. seen prisoners with better <laughs> oh, resumes. How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> so, so another quick thing I want to touch base on before we talk about this basketball game last night was a comment that was made by Josh and Josh as we were walking down the hallway, and he goes. Yeah, man, I, I, I got to do something about you know how I'm eating right now. So this is sound his mind what we were yeah, talking about. It's on my mind after the lunch Polly and I just had, dude. You and Polly slate it. Well, we do it. We do a podcast for the other station that we go out and we have a meal and we uh, uh we'll go to a restaurant and eat. We and want- you're podcasting while you're eating? Yes. Oh, and I'm not invited to this. Show. You're, you're absolutely invited time. to it. I haven't it's had terrifying. the chance. You're gonna, you're gonna come to it's one. Terrifying. <clears throat> but so we went and we ate, and Daniel, I it's. It was too much food, and I went and I got it was I was stupid about it, and it's like I don't. It's just kind of like a wake up moment for me right now. Was the intent to kill it at the meal? Is is the show around the meal or no? It's just like you know how you go out and you have a meal with somebody, and like it's just a low. It's like it's just more comfortable for people. So what I do is I'll put four lavalier mics on people, whoever we get to come out with us, and we just have a conversation and we eat, and then I go home and I edit it down, and it's it's uh, it's available at, on our uh, krock.com website. It's called Sunday Brunch, and we. Just eat a meal, but I always go too hard. It's my problem with everything. I can't just have one glass of whiskey. I need to have six. I can't just have one meal at the dinner. I need to have two appetizers, uh, a cheeseburger, a side order of fries. It's it's terrifying. We, we had it at Brickhouse Billiards, which is our Salt City Eats uh, deal of the week. Yeah, if you go to saltcityeats.com, you can get that uh, coming up Monday at 8 a.m. I can help you. How? With... with- the most simplistic remedy and the greatest diet any man out there you know you're i'm 57 so there's got to be when you get to be about you turn this thing at about 40 45 and you start going particularly if you've ever had any weight issues and you start saying to yourself man what am i really going to significantly do at my age with my eating habits to significantly change. I can go and lose the weight for X amount of time, but am I going to maintain that and really not eat the things? And Al Bevilacqua, who was the Olympic wrestling coach, and he, he used to he talk a little bit like Robert De Niro, mm-hmm. and he exhales at the end of every sentence. <laughs> and he says, hey, Big Dan, hey, Big Dan, you know how to do a push-up? <laughs> and I looked at him and I said, yeah, Bev, I know how to do a push-up. He goes, you know how to do a sit-up? And I said, yeah, of course, Bev, I know how to do a sit-up. He goes, you know how to do a chin-up? I said, Bev, I know how to do a chin-up. He goes, you know how to do a push-away? And I said, I beg your pardon? He goes, listen, before you eat every single meal, this is as soon as you wake up in the morning. This is a very simple thing to do. Everyone can do it. If you don't do it, it's just because you're being lazy. Take an 8 to 12-ounce glass of water and drink it immediately. And drink it right down. Don't I do sip do it. Okay, listen. Drink it down. Mm-hmm. You've immediately flooded your stomach. Okay? Now, before you eat every meal you eat, Take a 12-ounce glass of water and drink the entire, right down. Don't stop. Start to finish, drink the water. Mm -hmm. 
you will not physically be able to eat two appetizers, the giant meal, and the bowl of soup because you've just taken 12 ounces of water and expanded your stomach. Oh, that's a good tip. So drink the glass of water. Order exactly what you normally eat. This diet requires no changes calorically. Think about this for a minute. I don't work out. I don't do this. I don't do that. Let's say you normally eat a big steak, a baked potato filled with the bacon, the sour cream, yeah. the whole bit, yeah. and then you have you know two, a salad, a bowl of soup, and the and the vegetable. Take a knife and cut one quarter of the steak off and cut one quarter. So cut it in half and cut half of it in half. Okay. And take one quarter of everything on the plate and move it off the plate onto a side plate. You've now dropped your caloric intake by 25% without changing a single thing you have to eat. And if you're still hungry at the end of the meal after flooding your stomach with the 12 ounces of water, drink another glass of water. This way, you don't have to change anything you've eaten, any substance that you normally... If you normally have a thing of haagen ice cream every night, mm -hmm. drink a 12-ounce glass of water, and then turn around and take one quarter of the haagen out and throw it down the sink. And eat three quarters of a thing of haagen ice cream. You will guarantee weight will start falling off of you. Because you're taking in 25% less in the calories than you were normally taking. You hear this man? My life coach. So, after you've done this for about a month, then drink two glasses of water and cut everything in half. And you'll take your caloric intake and cut it in half. I did it, and I lost, which is exactly what my diet plan is in the competition here. Mm -hmm. So, we're having competition here at work. We've all put up 25 bucks to see who loses the most weight in 10 weeks. I'm down nine pounds in a, just over a week. Oh, nice. So, and I just... I'm eating everything I normally eat. I mm -hmm. just ate a piece of the baklava. Mm -hmm. I'd eat that whole thing of baklava. I ate two little pieces of mm -hmm. it. So, I mean, I'm not limiting myself to not eating stuff or trying to kill myself or doing anything else. Do the Daniel Baldwin diet. It works. I'm I'll do the Daniel. <laughs> I'm taking it on. Josh loves mozz sticks. Mozzarella he will sticks, eat yeah. mozzarella sticks. I love deep fried food. That's a big issue for me, too, no, man. It's deep fried is big. <laughs> big glass of water, half the deep fried. I'm on board. Syracuse basketball, Boston College, 63 SU 81, BC drops to 13 and 8, Syracuse 14 and 6. This was a had to win game for me, Paulie. I said, you know, you got it, you got to beat up. I talked to Matt Park earlier before I got on, and, and he was kind of in the same ilk I was and wording of it. You know, when you're a, playing a like team and you know you're, you're going to probably be in that bubble situation, you have to beat those teams, particularly at home. Uh, you saw the game, tell me. Uh, offense was awesome last night. Uh, I don't know that we can expect that every game after what we've seen all year out of the offense, but if they can play... What was so much better about the offense last night? The, the ball was moving, and they were able to find gaps in the defense and get to the basket. I liked the Chalupa last night. Played great. Played great, but Matt Moyer got hurt, so we... Are now one less player at this moment, and uh, right after Mac <laughs> praises Matt Moyer on the show yesterday, he gets hurt. And that that may be an issue coming down the stretch where depth did, did, is. A... Didn't the kid call and say he was playing scared? Yeah, yeah. Now he's not playing at all. <laughs> yeah, right. He's yeah. yeah. he scared no more. Mm -hmm. But so he's how long is he out for? Do we know? They don't know yet, but it could be a while. Who's going to fill in for him? Do we going to get to see Derek, one of the walk-ons? Uh, Merrick Dolajay will play, and then uh, I like Dolajay better though. I like, you think you get Dolajay in there enough times? He gives us more of a rebounding presence. And then uh, if he gets in foul trouble, you're uh, you're either moving battle to uh, to the small forward or the power forward or whatever, and uh, kind of interchangeable in the zone. And uh, then you got Barama Sidibe who could. Who's a backup center that could come in and play forward? Which I I like Dolce getting in there. I like him. I told you from the beginning. I, I know like you, he's your guy. I like that guy. He's your star. From what is it? Slovenia? Is that where he's from? <laughs> Slovakia? Yes. I don't one know where of he's the, from, but the, I like him. 
You just threw a dart at Europe. The entire region of the world <laughs> now hates Josh. <laughs> what is he in over there? He's in over the, uh, the Slovakia. What is he, uh, Chikadero? What is he over there? <laughs> All you white people in the city. Whatever you guys. Well, let's take a break and come back and talk to the kid who was there as well. Big Sam. Big Sam from the Daily Orange joining us for the first time of uh, what will be many appearances, assuming we don't scare him off today. Here on the oh, Daniel no, he's going to love it. He's going to love it. Is this like kind of the millennial point of view? This is the student point of view. Because So the point is, Daniel was right. <laughs> Daniel was saying, you know, we got all these guys who are at work at Syracuse.com and all these like, you know, guys. We I just had the kid working for Orange Nation. He's not Orange Nation no, at all. Daily Orange. Yeah, well, Daily I, Orange, Orange Nation. <laughs> what did I Chikadero, say? I said Orange Nation? One of them Slavic what countries. From, uh, what was he from? Like, uh, he's Dolce's twin brother. <laughs> <laughs> so he's coming to give the student uh, side of, of seeing the team uh, on that half. So we'll come back. From the Liverpool Pool and Spa Studio, this is Daniel Ball, the show Liverpool on ESPN. Pool and Spa. Radio Syracuse. The Cruncher back home this Friday against the Belleville Senators. Countdown to crunch time starts at 6.45. Puck drop at 7 on ESPN Radio. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show, presented by Del Lago Resort and Casino. Hey now, and we're back for segment two. With Sam the Bam joining us. Talk to us, Sam. Thanks for having me, Daniel. I appreciate it. Tell us about yourself because you're going to be on the show now every Tuesday we're looking at uh, after we do the Jerry McNamara interview on our Tuesdays. Sam is going to be coming on and representing the Daily Orange. The Daily Orange. So we thought it would be very interesting to have an, an on-campus perspective. Sam is uh, a, an expert in the field. Tell him about your credentials, Sam. I'm a senior staff writer at the Daily Orange. I cover the men's basketball team. I'm also a senior at SU. Covered a bunch of beats before for the Daily Orange and now following the team around the country. Beautiful. So uh, as I said uh, in yesterday's uh, telecast, I said that, um, you know, we have to beat. We have to beat BC. I mean, when we're playing teams that are like us, you know, record-wise, and we're looking at probably – being in a bubble situation again this year, not knowing exactly what's going to happen against the Virginias of the world and people that certainly would enhance our our right to consider being um, in the March tournament. Uh, but certainly if we stay on par with our record in the ACC right now, we're looking at somewhere around 19 or 20 wins probably on paper right now, I would project for the team. Um, so Pitt is a must next. I mean, we have to beat Pitt, obviously. Right. Last season, I think we saw road wins are a big factor for getting into the tournament. They only win two games on the road last year, and that hurts. Uh, I think you have to pick up Pitt and probably Georgia Tech, too. Uh, maybe Louisville on uh, February 5th, that big Monday as well. But you've got to get some more road wins, I think, uh, to really kind of push yourself over that bubble. Syracuse the caliber to go on the road and beat the Cardinal? I'm not, I'm not sure, but I think maybe the way Louisville playing right now uh, you might be able to go in there and, and take one. I got a question for you. Yeah. We we do this whole thing where you, you got to beat the teams that are equal or below you. Even if they do that, they're going to have 19, 20 wins. Do you think in this year's ACC that's enough for the tournament committee to say, hey, you know what, these guys are good enough to get in, having wins against Wakes, BCs, and Pittsburghs, and you know maybe an NC State thrown in there, but you still lose to the Dukes, Virginias, and UNCs of the world? I think so, because last night, talking to Jim Christian after the game, and he was just saying that it's it's really tough in the ACC to win on the road. I think about 70-75% of home teams are winning this season. So if you can take care of your business at home, 
maybe steal one or two on the road. That's Notre Dame, obviously, beating Syracuse got a big pickup uh, when they won on the road, especially without their two best players. But if Syracuse can steal two, <coughs> I think maybe three, then then they should be okay. All right, so, Paul, you weren't there uh, in our earlier meeting. We got together in the conference room, and I told Sam I was going to throw him in the fire right away. Wham, bam, thank you, Sam. Wham, bam, Cunningham. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to ask you now because no one seems to have an answer for me. I do have a, a, a pretty vast resume in the sports world personally. Uh, I was a host on the Best Bam, Damn Sports Show period for a long time on Fox Television. Um, I played on the Celebrity Golf Tour for 15 years, so I know every starting NFL quarterback in the last 30 years and, and personally. Um, and I'm going to tell you now, Geno Thorpe, I'm not buying the story. I don't buy that he just didn't play enough, and one day he packed up his bags and he went, is there any inside knowledge that you have on campus, beat reporter and the stuff you know, it's going to explain this to me, that a senior walks off mid-season from a Division One with no place else to go and not pleading hardship to go play another year somewhere else? That makes no sense to me. Is there something you can help enlighten me and understand it better? Uh, I'm not sure. I think you'd need Woodward and Bernstein in there, but... It's funny because his trainer before the season was saying he's the coolest kid on Sesame Street, and then obviously he seemed to get a little rattled. I know his ankle never felt better, but never felt 100%. But the people I know around the program, that's what they were saying, is on Monday he plays season season low four minutes against Maryland. Tuesday, Wednesday, they're hearing he's not happy. Uh, I believe he requested a meeting with Bayheim in there. And then Thursday doesn't show up to practice. Friday never goes to the airport to get on the plane to go to Miami where they played Kansas but I to me it sounded like he thought he was getting more playing time than he was right okay so so again uh, the interesting thing that I took from this uh, uh, explanation was he asked for a meeting with Bam did he have a meeting with Bam or you only heard he asked for a meeting with Bam I heard he asked for a meeting uh, all right so it looks like we're gonna have to go jam down to Shaughnessy's and use our credentials, or I'll use mine, and I'm going to ask them. Because I want to know an answer to this question. I really it do. It sounds like it was what you guessed yesterday. Bayham called his bluff. <coughs> you know, he maybe Gino went in there and said, hey, listen, you're not giving me enough minutes. I'm going to leave. And then Bayham probably said, all right, go well, leave. Well, well, <laughs> exactly. And, and I could buy that. I could buy from Jim Bayham. No kid's going to tell me what to do with my program. You know, you're playing right now the with what I think you should play. There has been people already this year that have said he plays the same rotation. He plays them for the same amount of minutes. You know, are we going to do any channel? Well, well, no, he's Jim Beheim and he knows better than we do. And there was a great thing the first time we went down there. Uh, you were there. You were, you were loading up on those, uh, were they stuffed? What were they? What's a, what's a, the jalapeno poppers? What were you nailing down there that oh, day? Oh, there was like, uh, like a. No, you said there was one go to that you eat all the time. Uh, one go to at that event we saw Bayheim and I and I went oh through. dude the pretzels with the dip. oh the pretzel oh, dip. the yeah. pretzel pretzels. pretzel oh my god this <laughs> guy was on tray, tray number two and he just had you know the round mound of rebound it looked like it looked like a giant I was just hovering by it <laughs> yeah, a giant D cup breast mountain of these I things was bathe, sauce I could bathe in that cheese it's, uh, it's a pretzel like a soft pretzel then they deep fry it and you dunk it in cheese or a horseradish mustard. And he wants and to know the best why, thing I've ever Did you used. have a 12-ounce glass of water before you eat it? <laughs> <laughs> I had a 12-ounce glass of cheese sauce. <laughs> you had a 12-ounce glass of cheese sauce on those at least. Oh, so, so uh, you know, uh, Beheim said, uh, you know, by the way, you know, when, when people come up to me and say, hey, you should have, and hey, don't you think you could have, and hey, what about by you? You really do, you people in the press and you people that are watching the game think you know more than me. You don't know more than I do. You don't. 
and 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 I'd be the first one to tell you, I do not know more than Jim Beheim of basketball. The guy knows more than than probably everybody in the room, every room he goes into, until he gets into the room with some of the guys that are as legendary as him, Coach K and this one and that one. And then they both know quite a bit about what's going on. So with that said, I'm not going to question, but I just don't buy that's the scenario doesn't make sense. You know, you don't go four years and then finally get it playing at all without there being that moment that he did go to bed. So I believe that meeting had to have taken place through either a, an assistant coach or, or, or Coach Beheim, where he said, hey, I thought I was going to play more. Am I going to play more? And, no, right now I don't think you're going to. Because I don't think Jim would sugarcoat it for him. I think he would have told the kid the truth. Mm-hmm. If I'm not going to play more, I don't want to play. And I'm sure Jim Beheim said, I'm, I doubt he was rude about it, but I think he probably said, well, then maybe you should go and move on. Now, the, the thing that's really hard for me about that is there's a certain amount of, this is a team that still feels the crunch of a limited amount of scholarships. So, and I believe this kid was a scholarship player. Yes. Oh, yes. So now you're walking away until next year from that scholarship. Man, that hurts you this year. You know, that does Well, that's hurt the you. question. Does the team look different right now if Gino Thorpe is still on the team? Oh, absolutely. I mean, Frank Howard, Tyus Battle, and O'Shea Brissett, who's a freshman, they're the three top like minutes played per game. Tyus Battle averaging more minutes per game in conference play than there are minutes in a game because he played all 50 minutes of that double overtime mm-hmm. Florida State game. But if, if Gino Thorpe is here, and I should say before that that when Jim Beheim sent in Howard Washington, the freshman point guard they picked up late in recruiting, who they have needed a lot more this year than they expected, he sent him in early against Pitt and asking Tyus Battle about it after the game. He was like, yeah, I, I was surprised, but I was re- kind of happy that I kind of got subbed out because he plays every minute of every game. I think if either, obviously Frank Howard's been shooting the ball real well, but if Frank or, or Tyus start struggling or if they're starting to feel those minutes – then you could have just plugged Geno Thorpe in there and obviously don't know what was inside Geno's head when he decided, but I think he would have gotten more run as the, as the year goes on, especially with how tough the ACC is. Is there any truth that he's in the back of a UPS truck right now? <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't confirm or deny. Uh, uh, okay, and I got one more thing for you, Sam, I want to ask you about. So as I look at where we are, and, and, and you know, I, I want to root for Syracuse. I have one of the biggest family legacies athletically and through the university ever, number of graduates. Over fifty in my family, so, so I, you know, I, I love the orange, but I'm very realistic as we are on the show about our expectations, what they're going to do. I don't think this is a Final Four team. I don't think that the, you know, those things are really realistic. As, as I, you know, predicted for next season, I don't see a huge year for the football team again. I just don't see it. So, uh, so with that said, is Battle coming back next year? Do you think if you're Battle and you're looking at where you would go in the draft? Or what that would mean to you? Or is he one of those guys that if he stays one more year, he improves himself significantly in the draft because he would be a real stud at Syracuse with a, with a much better chance with Brissett being a sophomore. They've got some incoming guys. They gel it a little more. I, I'm of the opinion he does one more year and it does him a great service in the draft. Some people are saying he can't walk away from the money after this year. I think the difference between what he gets this year and what he gets next year, if he's a star in the ACC, is more than he signs for. What do you think? I think he's going to go. And that's just based on conversations uh, with people around him. And I know that they thought maybe even you know last year if he played super well. But I think coming into this year, the biggest question for him was, can he be an alpha? You know, He wasn't the alpha on his high school team. Even as a senior, he wasn't the alpha last year. The question this year was, can he be that alpha? And I think unquestionably he's proven he can. Uh, if he were to stay one more year, that would certainly behoove Syracuse a great amount. But I think 
you know, you just look at the, and maybe it's a deep draft class, so he decides to hang back. But I think looking at it right now, I, I would go. Paulie is uh, he has the mock draft. They, he's not even showing up. On yeah, there, he's not he? even showing up uh, in the first two rounds of the mock draft for this year. So, yeah, that's well, what I mean. So, so, so here's the thing: people are saying, let's just uh, we'll make up numbers. These aren't accurate numbers, but you know, Lenny Bias back in the day, and you know, there was five hundred thousand to sign, and the contractors with X amount of millions, and he was Len Bias of Maryland. So now let's look at this guy. This guy's going to the league minimums five hundred and something thousand. So yeah. they got to play him that, and then they're going to give him something to sign him. That amount that they give him to sign him when he's not even showing up in the mock draft yet, midway through a basketball season, is not a good sign and supports what I'm saying, which is if he comes back and averages 24 a game in the ACC or some nonsense and he's like the star and Syracuse would be a threat, he signs for $20 million in the NBA if he does that. You know, I mean, he signs for a big number. So that's more than he loses by not playing because they're not going to pay him a big number. He's not a guy you look at right now and say, He's going to be a star on an NBA basketball team right now. Now, is he ever going to be that guy? I don't know. But certainly, he I believe he raises his stock significantly if he stays another year. Now, of course, he risks injury. He risks other other factors, which is another whole conversation that we can have on the show about why I think they should be paying them to play in college anyway. Um, I, I do. End it. With you. Give him the money. Let him play. You draw enough money on, on television rights everything else. Give give him fifty a year, you know. Give him fifty on top of the school, and and let him buy his mom a house, you know, whatever he wants to do. I'm ninety eight percent. He's gone, but if they if he comes back next year, that's going to be one of the best Syracuse basketball teams they've had in. That's what I'm saying. A what, long, what, long time. But, but listen, you forget something. What you gain if you're not if you're not Akeem Olajuwon and you're Mishaw or Young or or even Drexler when he was in college when they all went to Houston. What those guys did, the light that they bought on themselves and put to and got significant jumping, uh, you know, in in brackets to what their worth was because they were that team too. That got, all those guys got drafted, all of them got drafted, and and they all made a significant amount of money. The problem with Battle is he's averaging twenty points a game now. Next, he's not going to do better than that next year. You know, with you don't the, think with if the he comes of, back next year, he he makes he scores more than he scored I, this year. Twenty points in the ACC is tough to beat, and he's going to have the, there's going to be a lot more scoring options on the team next year for the bat. You know, for SU, so he's he'll be a better player for it. But it's just a matter of it's his decision, and he'll. I, I don't see Battle ever being a top five or a lottery pick either. So whereas if he stays, is his value going to change that much think about him think about if Bayheim's kid plays and could open the court up a little bit yeah. with someone that could shoot a three-pointer on this damn team because they don't have any oh, shooting <laughs> yeah. but if they had somebody who was quick that could defend the three a little bit and someone that could open it up and make just make four of them a game have a, have a McNamara kind of guy who could come in swing the ball a couple times find him open and let him just spot that three Man, that would change the game. And watch the Chalupa would score more money. Find us on the web at ESPNSyracuse.com. ESPN Radio. We're going to have the 100.1, 1200 AM at 1440 AM. From the Daily Orange, of course, we'll be back with more here on the Daniel Baldwin Show. Presented by Del Lago Resort and Casino. Yeah, Del Lago. I exchanged some messages with the great Jason Klug out at Del Lago and told him, uh, are you coming on the show or not? So I think uh, Klug is saying he's in. He's coming on the show. I don't know if we get him live in the studio or he's going to call in. But we're going to talk Delago. We're going to talk. Are we going to get some betting odds 
at Del Lago where people can bet on our basketball tournament? Oh, I uh, hope so. I just drafted. Um, I'm going to go by sight. You cut me already. What are you talking about? You're coach. Yeah, I, You're the you coach. cut me. He cut me from You're his co- team already. <laughs> you were on my team? No. Listen, you were on my team covering Joe Salzone <laughs> until I found out that Nick talked crap on me in the meeting today. And he says to me, I go, Nick, did you play? Are you any good? He goes, Against you. No! And I went, oh, really? Dude, it's so, just Nick, a- so Nick, who I just said to Steve, I said, Steve, how old is Nick? Is he like in his early, mid-40s? He starts laughing. He goes, no, he's in his early He's like 30s. 31. I go, 32. he's 31. I'm 57. Do you know how embarrassing it's going to be for this guy when I fly by him? Fly fat oh. white boy flying by <laughs> his 32-year-old graveyard ass. I Good. can't wait. I Good. can't wait. This is just Good. like fifth grade gym class all over again. Did you I see his video? Get, yes. He's shooting. He's got shots about 15 footers from the wing a little bit, and he's clanking, banking them. Boom! He's not, he's not, he's Good! <laughs> and it's so heavily edited. So, How so, dare you? <laughs> it's so heavily edited, and they're such bricks. They're like line drives, smacking the backboard, yeah. rattling around. He's the using the square. Fundam- <laughs> Josh is fundamentally sound. Yeah. Yes, he's fundamentally sound. He's like a 1960s Boston Celtic. I'm playing around the world. He's Hondo Havlicek. He's fundamentally round. <laughs> yes, he's fundamentally round. We're going to play some So What right now. Take it to us, Paulie. Uh, I guess at 3 o'clock this afternoon, Vince McMahon was to have a press conference and is bringing back the XFL. It is official. I watched the press conference. Oh, no, there. I love the XFL. It's I'm back. I'm, oh, I'm so excited about it. I'm so excited about it. Let me get you the actual details because he did just announce I it might be a player course. coach in the XFL. I might call up McMahon. I might call him up. I think him. now is the best time to ever to bring it back. It's not back till 2020, well, so c- it's not like next season. But it's uh, And the NFL is dropping the ball right now, no pun intended. CBS Sports reported the nature of the announcement earlier in the day. The XFL will be back in 2020. Uh, he's going to be using, he says, a lot of local guys. It goes on and on. He confirmed Thursday today, 3 o'clock, that he's going to spend $100 million to launch the XFL, with the original incarnation being a joint between the WWE and NBC. Now Now it's WWE and CBS. Wow, I love it. What about a Syracuse team? Syracuse XFL team. Let's start the it blizzard. now. Let's, oh, yeah, the storm. Yeah. The storm. I think that's yeah. already taken by the semi-pro team here. Is it really? Well, they're, they're out. They're out. They're, <laughs> they're done. But Chip. he's saying it's going to be gimmick-free. Like, it's not going to be silly. Like, wrestling well, is going to Oh, bull, of course it's going to be. They're going to have horns coming out of their helmets and stab each other in a 50-yard line. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's gonna there be will be it. no, pr- no think uh, about concussion the protocol. I'm going to get Robin. To be the first 51-year-old XFL hot. Chipper Jones, Vladimir Guerrero, Jim. What what do you want me to say? Not him when he grunts. I thought you wanted me to say something about that. He's like like a lion. I get uncomfortable. Mm. I think about my wife. I go, isn't it nice to still have that? It is, dude. Good for you. Do you guys even talk over there? Good for you. <laughs> I mean, we pass each other in the halls. Yeah. Hey, baby. Yeah. I grunt in my hand well, like that. Did you tell us the story? Why? Why she sticks around? Oh, because of my D. Because of the D. Because of the D. All right. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. Your D's in the Hall of Fame. Chipper Jones, <laughs> Vladimir Guerrero, Jim Tomey, and Trevor Hoffman also in the Hall of Fame. Who cares? No Clemens and no Barry Bonds. Who cares? That's something I'll talk about. Why aren't Clemens and Bonds? Are you going to tell me because they took PEDs? And again, so what? If they took, they still, he still hit the ball over the fence 500 times. 
which is what you jumped up and down for and cheered for, which while he was peeing blood in order to pay the price to be able to lift the weights and do the training and throw the ball at 98 miles an hour and blah, blah, blah. You didn't care then, did you? Yeah. You didn't care. Paulie at the same point, he goes, the league did this to itself. Right. They wanted these players and now right. they've got them. No, and- not just that. But, you know, the only sport, and you mark my words, the only sport that will make it harder on the athlete will be basketball. Basketball will probably eventually have to raise the rim six inches. You watch. I can still dunk. Before 2030, (laughs) before 2030, they're going to raise the rim because it's just the the athlete has gotten bigger, the athlete has gotten taller, and the game is so easy for them to dunk the ball now. So they'll raise the rim some and make the shot harder. And You'll see they'll do it. But in baseball, they they wound the ball tighter after the strike. They shorten up all the fences in all the stadiums. In football, they allow the offensive linemen to extend their arms to pass, giving them another two seconds to throw the ball, and virtually eliminating the risk of sack inside of four and a half seconds. So, you know, they're making it easier and easier and easier for the score points because scoring is exciting. They want to see scoring. I haven't so, done it in a while. Yeah, he hasn't scored in quite some time. Steady. What's next? A day after Udoka Azabuki of a... What? You don't worry about it. God bless you. Of the Kansas City Jayhawks missed six free throws in a row. The police had to be called because a man kept showing up at his dorm with offering free throw advice to him. (laughs) I like this one. I like this one. So some kid... Was the kid drunk? What? No. I don't know if it's a kid. I think it's a grown... Ass adult was showing up at the kids' dorms trying to help him with those his free are the throws. worst. If it's a kid just being drunk and being silly, that's funny. But if it's a grown man go like thinking that he can help the team, shut up. You're an you're an adult. So what? Yeah, I'm, I'm switching to so what. It <laughs> couldn't hurt, right? Yoki, Yoki Apodoki. Aduka yeah. <laughs> Azabuki. Aduka Azabuki. It sounds like something I do in the toilet. And, oh God. And. We hit this last show, we'll hit it again. Murphy Brown is back after a hiatus of, God knows, 100 years. I think it was 20 on years. Gilligan's Island. It 20 was on years. for 10 years, and then it's been off for 20. It's been off for 20. Now, you ready for my great Murphy Brown story? I, we got to hold it because I don't want to get backed up. So save your Murphy Brown story. You want to get a Zoki well, Dukapuki? You, you, got, you got five minutes. Knock it out. I'm gonna I'm gonna override Josh. Go ahead. Wow, I like Ooh, it. I like mm-hmm. it. Overriding. Yeah. Well, it was a little sexual. Very nice. <laughs> so... so I live up in the hills, I'm in LA, and Candace Bergen, during the height of Murphy Brown, lives down the canyon from me. But you can see her back patio in her backyard, and everything in this canyon echoes. So <clears throat> she has like a dinner gathering, you know, there's limo service, helicopters are flying over trying to, so we notice the helicopters, and I'm living with all these crazy guys, and I've got you know, Conrad Goody from the New York Giants and John Cusack and Jeremy Piven and that crew and all these guys were all coming over this house. And so we were too loud and it evidently interrupted the flow of like, you know, the, the cello players in Candace's backyard. So she rats us out knowing it's, it's our house, knowing I'm up there and I know her. We're both working on a lot on different shows. And so she sends the cops up. So the cops come up and like, yeah, you know, look, Baldwin, do me a favor, chill it out. It's, it's, you know, we don't have to tell you who called, but she's upset. So I said, okay, you know, so we get a little quiet. And then, of course, the alcohol starts flowing oh, yeah. and the chicks show up. <laughs> people have got their clothes off and the debauchery is going on in the mm-hmm. pool and it's getting louder and louder. And now that she sends up and she must have wound it up because she's a pretty powerful person in Hollywood. Now, like nine cop cars show up <laughs> and they come walking in the house. They're walking around. There's all kinds of things going on in the house that aren't exactly legal. So we we don't get any, no one gets arrested, but. They're, they're pretty upset. So 
we're really mad. So we know <laughs> that like at least once a, once a month she has, she's Candace Bergen and she's having these big parties. And so we wait and we have on hold at the stereo Sonic store, four of these giant tower outdoor concert oh. speakers. So sure enough, I call the guy goes, look, the valet guys are setting up down because you have to drive by this winding road to get up to us. You gotta go right by our house. So we see the valet guys, which are there two hours before the party, putting cones out, mm-hmm. reserving spots. Dude, she's having the party. We run down in the two pickup trucks. We get the, I mean, speakers that are, you know, 10 feet high. Yeah. We, we, we take this wire and we put on and lean them down the canyon towards her house. Yeah. Four of them. And cranked up the who, you know, <laughs> you know, just jamming tunes yeah. and throw this giant party at our house. She freaks out. You can't, you can't talk at her house without hearing Pete Townsend screaming in your ear. So she sends the cops. We're like, why, why? We're not turn, We're not doing anything. We kept turning the music down. We had no alcohol. We made sure they couldn't say anything. We just kept turning the music up. So the next day. Two of the cars out in front of our house are keyed. Your house? Our house. <gasps> so the cars are keyed really bad. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, game's on. Mm-hmm. So the following weekend, without the speakers, we turn around, we throw a giant jam, and we have this huge slingshot water balloon launcher. Oh. And they have people in their backyard, and we're launching. And I'm talking, this is like... You know, 400 yards away, four football fields, but it's downhill, and you can see. So we had to, you kind of just had to launch them out about 60 yards, and they would drop. <laughs> they would right. drop. So we're, we're trying to, 30 degrees left, you know, like, fire! You know, and, and these are like, you know, half-gallon balloons, yeah. these big, thick ones yeah. that go, woo! And then we dialed it in the range, and we're firing water balloons <laughs> at her house at her party. We probably hit the back patio fifty times. We had bags of hundreds of them. We're, we're using the yeah. hose, filling them up. <laughs> Have you ever seen her like in person? Oh God, yeah, I know. Was she like? Well, she oh, she like, hated my guts. If we said my name right now, she would cringe. She would cringe. We water ballooned her outdoor party, man. We ruined it. There it was are great. no better stories than on the Daniel Baldwin show. Oh no, no, no. Come on back. I'll tell you some more. You're missing out. All right, we'll be right back. You're ready to close things out here on the Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio, Syracuse. Listen to us online. Listen to us on your smartphone. Now you can listen to us whenever and wherever you want. Like when your wife's having one of her moods again. Honey, I didn't say your butt looked fat. I said it looked juicy. Subscribe to ESPN Syracuse on iTunes. Get the podcast of your favorite show sent right to your phone. Listen to ESPN Syracuse anywhere on the ESPN app or ESPNSyracuse.com. The Orange Women in the Dome tonight versus Clemson. Orange pregame 645, tip 7 o'clock. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show, presented by Del Lago Resort and Casino. Hey now, we're back with the last segment. It's going to be a short one, but I want to I want to clear something up. So, first of all, Nick and Sales shot his big mouth off and called me out. You were there, Josh. I you saw it. It was vile. It was, was it not? <laughs> Disgusting. So I want you to. I did not dump you off my team. I've made an addition now because I'm going to have to show this guy. Who the boss is. The team was originally what? You, Paul, you and Paulie. It was me and Paulie against you and Salzone. 
It's like I'd be playing with a pile of laundry. What the hell am I doing with sales on my team? So, so what do I have? Uh, Sleepy Floyd over here. <laughs> <laughs> You got so, Grumpy the Dwarf. So I took on... <laughs> you got so, Harry so, Bird. So, so to get somebody, because you're so good at shooting. I'm dude, I'm a, I'm a, I live you're outside machine. the line. You're a machine. You're a machine. Forget about you're it. You're a machine, I know that. You're Larry the Legend. <laughs> so it's now us two against you and Selzone. I took Max Brigandi. Brigandi, yes. Max, the Brigandi, big Max man. Brigandi. Yeah. Maximilian. Max Brigandi. Are you taking him because he's tall? No, I'm taking him because I want to have somebody that can stop you if I can... So that I can beat the crap out of Nick now to make it <laughs> So Nick, who, right, I, who okay. I mentioned earlier, who I thought was probably 45, is only 32, yeah, which is not bad, saying yeah. much he for Nick. He doesn't look a day over 40. <laughs> right, right. So, so Nick, who I will run, and my fat 57-year-old white ass will run him into the ground. Watch. I'm excited about this. We'll run him into the ground. Can you shoot? I can do something. I can dribble. He can work concessions. I'll get you the ball in the right spot, buddy. Wow. So your Did you hear that? Like, <laughs> we got to stop before we this did, goes off the rails. We just, we did, he's right, we regressed, we're in like fifth grade right now. We're All right. Fifth grade. I can't Back wait tomorrow. to drop a bow when, on no, I want to know, I'm not going, and the show's not ending yet. I want to know, when is this going to happen? We're talking about it. Let's, I want a date. I want to set this up. We're going to talk about it. Where are we going to do it? We're going to do this at the Mellow Center. We're going to get permission okay. from the team. We're going to get McNamara involved. He's going to referee. Well, I'll get Jerry to referee it. Watch. Okay. So Jerry's going to referee it, and then we're going to have all the participants on the show, and we can talk smack talk before, then we're going to play the game on a Friday. Half court or full court? Play half court. Okay. Play half, three on three. Okay. Is so there a flagrant foul rule? Because I want to elbow Selzone in the face yeah. so hard. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, didn't you say, Dun, do we need to make it four and four because you wanted a piece of Goldberg, didn't you? Uh, yeah, yeah. Was- yeah, if I can elbow any of my yeah. employees. So if we give them, if we give them Seth, Who's our fourth guy? Who's who? Who, who are you taking? Stephen Fati. He's got D two experience. He might be. He might be a ringer for you. Is he a threat? I've never seen him play, but he got he played ball in college. How old is he now? How's he's got to be he's in his forties, right? Late not late thirties. Well, that means he's older than Seth. What is he in twenties? Seth is a walking ding dong. <laughs> He's You're a not Jell-O supporting mold. our team right now by shooting your big mouth off. You should be going, yeah, Seth's a big kid. Yeah, he's in great shape. There Thank you go. Perfect. Perfect. Look at him. So that's the teams we got. Uh, let's do it. All right. That's let's do, we got to do it and let's do it in March because it'll be March Madness, right? No, 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 right, no, February. no, do no, no. Let's do it tomorrow. No. Let's go on. We're do not doing it tomorrow. We're going to do this way. We've got another minute to go. We've got 45 seconds. We're going to do just this. making up times. I'm going to do Like, I have any idea what I'm talking about. So I'm saying I'm setting a start day Friday. Uh, the 16th of February. Okay. Friday the 16th or the 23rd. One of those two Fridays. I'm going to get a hold of Mac, and I'm going to tell him we need to get down there. It's in my calendar. And we're playing. Or do we, we need to play on a Saturday when we're not working? We I, I don't know. I, we'll, have to, we'll have to compare to the SU schedule. We'll, we'll work it out, and we'll let you know. Who cares about on. SU? I pull over there. Well, no, but we, <laughs> we, might, we, not be there. we might not be there. I'm, uh, I just want to have a reason to yell. I just want to have a reason to yell at you again. All right, Brent X up next. Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio. X-Men.